You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to a very special Nightmare Alley edition of Nightmare on Film Street. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are talking to Jed Shepard and Gemma Hurley, writers and producers of Dashcam in theaters now. We talked about it a little bit in the What's Keeping Us Creepy last week, but Dashcam is uh, Jed Shepard, Gemma Hurley, and Rob Savage's follow-up to Host. It's another found footage movie. This one's a live stream on Instagram, and just like an absolute one night of hell, chaos kind of movie. Uh, if you're uh, if you're a big fan of Host and a big fan of Wreck, I think you're really, really going to like Dashcam. It goes to some wild fucking places. And definitely see this one in the theater if it, if it comes near you. This is definitely one for an audience experience. We had so much fun seeing this at, the, at a film festival, and it got some fun reactions from the audience. Oh, yeah. So I was thinking you were talking just about the fact that, like, it's an Instagram live video, more or less. And, like, there are lots of comments. And, you know, when it's on the big screen, you can read them all uh but no you're absolutely right seeing this with a live audience is the way to see it It, it's just as good at home but it has some incredible gags and just some really uh man we're trying not to spoil anything here it's got some crazy shit that is is great to to hear an audience go oh my god while you're watching it is is, i guess is what i'm getting (laughs) but we got to sit down and chat with jeb shepard and Gemma hurley about the conception of the film and how dashcam came to be yeah we don't really get into many spoilers uh especially the end of the movie which is fucking wild we did we don't touch it at all so we're we're keeping it spoiler free uh, but, you know, plot-wise, if you're unfamiliar with Dashcam, it follows a woman named Annie Hardy who has a show on Instagram Live called Band Car. Uh, it's a character inspired by a, by a, the real-life Annie Hardy who does Band Car. It is not the real Annie Hardy. It is 100% a caricature of who she is in real life. Uh, but she goes to visit a friend in London in the height of lockdown. And uh, she sort of steals his Uber Eats account and and runs into some huge, crazy trouble when she picks up a passenger that is in distress. Is that the best way to describe it? I think that is well done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you you can watch the trailer. This passenger, it's like, oh, this mysterious stranger with the untold, maybe possible supernatural abilities. It's wild, guys. You're, I think you're really going to like this movie. We've seen it a few times now, and we've had a blast with it every single time. Yeah, and like their previous film, Host, it's got a tight run time, so you could see it two times in one night if you wanted to. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna toss you over to the trailer, and then we're gonna get into our interview with Jed Shepard and Gemma Hurley. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Annie Hardy, and you're watching Van Car. Another day in paradise. Hello. Listen, I just need you to take my friend somewhere nearby. This is Angela. Her and I taking a trip. Did you find me? Shit. You should go see if she's alive. 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about Dash Cam. Yeah, it's fun. It really exciting. Such a wild ride of a movie. Holy shit. Thanks, man. Yeah, no, we we, we think the exact same thing. When we first like watched the, the kind of final cut, we were just like, holy moly. This is like the ten minute last 10 minutes of the host multiplied by like seven times. <laughs> like stretch out over 70 minutes. It is unrelenting. Yeah, and uh, and you know, last time we spoke, you you had just finished host. Um, and shortly after that, it was announced that uh, you guys would be making some movies with Blumhouse. Was this a movie that one of you had in your back pocket, or was this something that you all developed together? It's a Jed thing. <laughs> yeah. So um, in like 2017, I was staying at Annie Hardy's house. She's a, she's been a friend of mine for like nigh on 10 years now, and because she's in the band Giant Drag, and I was a big fan of Giant Drag. I know a lot of people in the kind of music scene in LA, even though I'm in London. And, uh, so yeah, so so yeah, just it, it just ended up that we became friends just because I find her absolutely hilarious. She's one of the sweetest w- women you'll you'll ever meet as well. And she's and I'm like, oh, I need someone to stay in LA, and she was like, just stay at mine. And I'm like, cool, I'll do that. She has a spare room, and um, she does the band car thing that you see in. Um, in the film for real she does that every day so I was in an episode of band car why she she was rapping with uh, people giving suggestions the one word suggestions and I'm in the passenger seat doing the beats on the keyboard and I'm like this and if you watch that you can you can find that video online by the way oh wow and I was and I was like this is really cool this this should be a film and I said to Annie Annie you know you've been doing this band car for like eight years now like it feels very cinematic because you're driving through this beautiful location uh los angeles sun's blazing and you're rapping along and it, people seem to be into it um and i was like this this will be a good idea for a horror movie maybe found footage so i took it to rob um and i said rob i've got this idea annie hardy band car check it out so i sent him a whole bunch of videos and uh he was into it he was into it straight away like that that's the thing me and rob have a bit of a sixth sense when it comes to like like what ideas will catch and yeah, and then we developed it into a treatment. Uh, this was 2018, perhaps. And we pitched it around everywhere. It was around the same time as we released Salt. And we were, there was a tiny bit of hype around us. And everyone said no, basically, because obviously this is a very strange concept to start with. Found footage. Um, nobody knew who Annie Hardy was in the film world. So nobody wanted it. And then obviously after Host people's tunes have changed a little bit and they were like okay that thing that you showed us years ago let's uh <laughs> let's explore that and obviously because uh Gemma was brought on on host um it just felt natural to rope her into we obviously asked her first Gem would have been involved in this <laughs> crazy nightmare and uh yeah and and, and Gemma was essential to it being um it was it was about it was about a month after host came out that you guys 
like Rob approached me and was like, hey, do you want to help us on movie two? And it was kind of like, I don't even care what it is, man. Let's just <laughs> let's just do this shit. It was just so fun. It was like we were definitely on fumes probably of that whole sort of uh, period of being very like what's going on like people have actually seen host and liked it like I was expecting like no one to see it whatsoever so I think we were all just a bit like high on the joy of that Um, and that definitely fed into dashcam that's cool yeah because host really hit hard and fast like it was out and then everybody had seen it it's true like uh, a week after host came out me and Rob were just sitting in this local cafe in south London almost in silence because we just didn't know what was going on because we'd been making short movies short films for like eight, nine years at, at that point, and to, to very little kind of fan. I mean, some people in certain circles loved it, but like the, the greater world didn't know who we are, we are. And then we're sitting in this cafe, looking up to the television and we're on the news. And we're just like, what is going on now? What What is happening? <laughs> it is, it's very, very, very so strange. Surreal, yeah. yeah. Well, that's because you, you didn't have Gemma. Like, that's the secret sauce. That, that's as soon as she came ago. along. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that. You can say that as many times as you want. I won't complain. <laughs> what, was, what was your reaction when they first showed you some of Annie Hardy's videos? Because the one thing we're not saying right now is that her, her improvised rap is, like, so crass <laughs> and mm-hmm. so filthy. What uh, What was that like when you first saw it? Well, when I first like was like, we're gonna do this thing about Annie, Annie Hardy, and I was like, okay, like what, what? <laughs> like just because you know she she's a provocateur, like in, as a real person. Yes, of course. In the in Dashcam, we've definitely taken certain liberties, exaggerated her, made her like the very the, the negative version of truth. Mm-hmm. But she, but on the other hand, she is like probably one of the most unusual people that I've ever sort of met I guess like from her like the wide ranging views which we didn't even like scratch the surface of in this film and because it would just be about too many different things um to just her energy and her sort of uh you know her very sharp wits like that was like very impressive straight away I was like holy shit like this person is like a, a natural comedian this you know um but yeah, it was very just like, I just, you just never really knew what to expect every time, you know, you're on a Zoom or like listening to her like back catalogue of her own like Bancast stuff or her other podcast she did. It was really just like, wow, this is, this is such an interesting person. How the hell are we going to do a film about her? <laughs> and if I remember correctly, when you guys did host, you had more of a shorter script so you could allow the girls to do uh, a lot more improvising and kind of reacting in the moment. Was that the same with with Annie? Yeah, I mean, I think this script, scriptment, we, we call it. <laughs> uh, we, we stole the idea from Blair Witch Project. They 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 did it uh, first. So let's. Um, but then basically, this was double the size. And the the thing is with Annie, you can't write things for her to say. It's yeah. she'll say what she wants to say. Um, you can kind of point her in the right direction, just wind her up and let her go. <laughs> but th- there's no way you can kind of uh, script those things. You have to give her the space in order to uh, improvise and do her thing. And that's the that's the beauty of what, what Rob did. He um, just let her be herself, um, but to the to the nth maximum degree. And yeah, it's it's the authenticity of that of letting people be themselves uh, that gives it that that kind of fear because in in horror movies especially in fan footage films it, the more you create this authenticity and realness the more you can be scared i was just going to say that was definitely one of the most challenging things i think 
I had Jed, I don't know about, have you felt this as well that in doing this project compared to host where it was like, you know, five actresses who, you know, they do this every day. Whereas Annie isn't an actress per se. She's more of a, even though she has acted, she's more of a performer and a singer and all these things. Um, and she is like a very unusual person in that sense. So I think very early on, it was, there was a realization that happened where it's like, okay, we can't be that prescriptive about what's going to happen. It was more about like, oh, okay, let's, hear like like observe and like see what comes from Annie and try and like make a film that is representative more of how she is rather than trying to force something upon her to perform if, mm-hmm. if you see what I mean yeah and one of the like with hosts we did a bunch of seances before uh we we wrote it and with this do you remember, Jem? We did uh, an escape. Oh, room the escape room! Hardy. Yeah, that was like a moment. It was like, oh, <laughs> like, uh, not in a bad way, but it's just like we've got to reframe some shit. Here. Yeah, because as soon as as soon as like Doug or Doug, our producer, or Rob said we're going to do an, an online escape room on Zoom with Annie Hardy, knowing her for as long as I've known her, I'm like, this isn't this isn't going to work. <laughs> and it was like one of the first times she'd met Amma, who plays Stretch as well. And we were all getting into it, trying to get out of this, this room and f- do the clues. And Annie was just walking around her house cooking, playing with her cat. She was not just, interested. There were like no get... stakes. And that's a really good point because some people, so I know we've gone off on a tangent here, but like some people have been like um, asked us about the mythology of um, the film and like, you know, they wanted to know more about like the bad, I mean, without spoilers, the the. The, the, the bad negative thing that happens, in the, <laughs> you know, and they wanted to know about the mythology behind it. And it was like, well, we haven't included it in the film because Annie doesn't, doesn't interest her. Like, so you just have to like do the film that is what she, like how she is rather than trying to be like, I'm going to be the Scooby-Doo detective and like mm-hmm. figure out all the clues and things. So yeah. with Blair Witch in mind, was she aware of all the scares that were coming or did you kind of put some of them upon her just to see how she'd react to them? Um, I mean, obviously, the kind of the general uh, kind of forward motion of the film is is all there in the in the in the scriptment. So she knew what was coming. She knew about the deaths. She knew what Angela was going to do approximately. And obviously, it's it's not just one take. You do Rob's doing lots of takes to get the best to get the best take. So yeah, she she was fully on board. And like that's the thing with these type of movies, you need to have a good sense of collaboration. Uh, between everybody and when you're doing like massive stunts like like you see in dash cam there can't be any like ifs buts and maybes there has to be spot on otherwise someone Mm. gets hurt yeah so um she definitely did did know that things were going to blow up things were going (laughs) to float in the air surprise people will be set on fire yeah Yeah, and like you, uh, the, the, I love hearing that too because I find that's that's something that gets lost in some found footage movies where they really they don't hold true to the idea that like you are watching a person capturing something. Um, mm-hmm. Like you don't always see everything perfectly. It's it's however she sees it. Um, yeah. Do Do you guys have an idea of, or do you have a hmm, what what makes a good found footage movie? Do you have an opinion about what makes a good found footage movie? Go on, Chad. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I obviously have a strong opinions on this. So, like, if you go, if you go back to, to to the best one, which I think is the, the Blair Witch Project, um, or I, I'm going to keep saying this word because it's very important for me in in found films, and that's authenticity. Mm. So you you need these characters to feel real, like like you see in a host, they use their real names. Um, it's re- a real friendship, and in this, she does ban car for real. It is Annie Hardy. She is. Uh, 
the things such as her raps, the kind of raps she would usually do, having a sense of authenticity as the um, the kind of skeleton to build upon is uh, is very, 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 very important. And obviously the other very major thing you need in found footage films is a reason for someone to be holding the camera at all times. Mm. If there's, and, it, and people will people will moan a lot. They go, oh, but she would drop the camera there. No, if you know Manny Hardy and if you've watched Van Carr, she she takes that her phone everywhere. She's 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 always um, uh, taking videos of herself rescuing bees from swimming pools and things and puddles. <laughs> she, it's just the kind of thing she does. So yeah, auth- authenticity and a reason to to, to be holding uh, the the phone or the uh, camera equipment the whole time. I think that something that's important too in found footage is like the momentum has to come from the character, and uh, Annie's really good about keeping the the everything moving forward like she's she's very proactive in that sense of like she is making a show so she's she wants to see where this is going yeah yeah she's not a ditherer and that's I think that's why we sort of wanted to have stretch as a sort of um maybe like an audience character as a counterpoint to her um who is a, a bit more of a sort of uh stereotypical uh how to put it nicely uh like you know like like basically like like who I probably would be in that situation like a, a, a scaredy cat ditherer liberal like um I'm just not being able to make decisions you know but whereas Annie is just like no this is exactly what we're doing like for better or worse and that was quite important I think in creating some kind of dynamic tension um to, for, for this film it's nice to have a proxy too in that scenario, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm totally stretch." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all stretch. <laughs> exactly. But if you look at the comments, like the the uh, the audience hates stretch because <laughs> they, they've come for chaos, and stretch is like bringing the vibe down with his uh, sense. Oh, but oh, stretch he, is so sweet, though. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. I so, love stretch. Do you do you know Amar Patel as well, the actor who played stretch? Yeah. He, again, he's a, he's a friend. I, I met him um, on a podcast, actually, on Gemma Moore, who's in host and Dashcam. She has a podcast, and I produced her first episode, and Amma was on it. Uh, yeah, we just became friends. And I, I think there was one point he was actually going to be in host, mm-hmm. but then we needed someone who can set themselves on fire, so we went with Teddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was always in mind, and, like when, and then when we realised that we needed a counterpoint to Annie, we needed someone beside her uh, to bounce off and, uh, you know, to do the beats as well. Then um, yeah, he he was by far the first choice, and now he's gone on. He's the co-lead in Willow for Disney Plus. No shit, wow. he's doing wow. very well. Good for yeah. him! Yay, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they let He'll him be, uh, uh, make some beats in Willow as well and rap. <laughs> I think so. I think there's a butt butt buffet scene at some point. Mark Davis in a buffet, maybe yeah. not. Oh, that's great. And Teddy Teddy also makes it. He he also gets set on fire in this movie too, doesn't he? Yeah, that, that's our thing. We were just like, let's set Teddy on fire again. Because like, so how how did the writing process is? It's basically us on Zoom, and we're just pitching crazy and crazy, crazy ideas. So it's just like, okay, then the car crashes, and then the guy goes through the window. He's all cut up, and then he gets set on fire. Then the car blows up. Spoilers, Jed. This whole thing spoilers. So then uh, the but we have that whole crash and it, it was brilliant but then um now we me and rob have warped Gemma's mind it was her idea to, i believe Gemma, correct me if i'm wrong for it, for them to be a married couple for, oh yeah i'm pregnant yeah and i just <laughs> yeah. It's, it was just like okay this is this is brilliant this is so sick oh yeah and 
we've we've now fully warped Gemma's brain to be like like mine and Rob's because we were just like Gem, like that's too far, Gem. <laughs> you got dark. You've broken, you've broken me. Yeah, you brought me on to do like character relationships yeah. and structure, and now it's like more nope. shit. More. I want more shit. Who's <laughs> is. Yeah, fucking fountains of shit. <laughs> yeah, the the way that you reveal all the info there, like it just goes from bad to worse. Like it, it start starts bad, gets worse, and then it just sinks. It's so good. That's the whole movie. Yeah. Starts well, bad, yeah. gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a joke with a punchline that has like ten tags after it. Like, I like that quote though. Dash cam starts bad, gets worse. It's great. Oh. <laughs> Um, so we we talked briefly too about the the chat and how they didn't like they didn't like stretch. How, how was the chat in writing it with the movie? Because the chat is pretty consistent throughout. I mean, there's some moments where you know the the data kicks out, um, but it mirrors what's going on in like the audience opinion. So how how was it writing the chat? So the chat was written by a whole group of people. That was uh, the, the producer Doug and, and Rob. Um, it was basically them telling, giving directions to a group of people to write the chat as if they're watching it for like the first time. And, oh, wow. and obviously there's, yeah. And, and obviously there's a lot of in jokes and stuff in there, but like, it, it's basically what the audience is saying. So if you're thinking something in your head, if you look at the chat, it's probably there. Some Someone has got that point of view as well. Mm. And that's where a lot of the exposition, if you were looking for exposition in the found footage film, um, that's where a lot of the exposition comes in. If you look at it, there's people giving theories. The actual storyline of, of, of Dashcam is there in the chat. You, you can see about what happens at the end and there's there's breadcrumbs there. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. And I know people who've gone to see it for a second time just so they can sit at the, the bottom left of a, of a cinema so they can just read the comments <laughs> so, they, so they can take it in. Actually, lo- lots of Easter eggs they put in there. The first time I saw it, we were we had to sit pretty close because we were at a press screening and I got a little nauseous halfway through and I was like, I'll just read the chat. I'm just going to yeah. read the chat. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one who's got nauseous. What was the thing about the guy at Prince Charles Cinema, Jed? Yeah, the, the, the guy who runs the Prince Charles Cinema in London um, he said, well, he first of all said that Dashcam is the rowdiest film that's been there since Evil Dead in the 80s, which is great. But then during the screen at the London Film Festival, absolutely most rowdiest, amazing screening. He had to he had to leave about halfway because he had to go and vomit. Oh, my. Uh, so, <laughs> Be right I, back. I love it. Yeah, that, that happened a few times, actually. And then we had a screening on uh, on Friday um, where me and Doug did the, the intro. And uh, yeah, um, a woman had to leave because she was feeling sick. Wow. So, yeah. It's... Do we feel proud of this? <laughs> Is this something to put on a T-shirt? I don't know. I think so. Because, I mean, I, I can kind of understand if, if you're not used to fan footage and the conventions of it. Yeah. Um, it can be a little disorientating, I guess. Which is why I was always recommend if you're watching a fan footage film, including Dashcam, don't be too close because because mm. that that will make you sick and I get car sick as well so I would say go towards the back in the middle and then that's the best yeah. view for it yeah <laughs> we had the actually the the kind of cool experience the first time we saw it was with press and it was a very different reaction oh, yeah. from when we saw it with like a film festival audience and that's oh, where gosh. we had like the crazy rowdy like the whooping and hollering and the laughing Brilliant. and it was it, it was, was night and day oh yeah the, the press yeah. the press audience was quiet Stony face. <laughs> yeah. and that we were like I'm sure went across. Yeah. oh that's so cool that's so cool the, the, the press here are a lot more rowdy so like oh, <laughs> come and see some press 
screen and say <laughs> yeah that sounds like a good move yeah have the sorry did you ask how the audience reactions been in britain uh, i have not <laughs> how have the audience reactions been in britain <laughs> i think they've been much less polarized That's i good. think when, when we originally aired i mean you correct me if i'm wrong Jed, when we did the toronto film festival um, which, which th- these guys were out yeah <laughs> oh is that the yeah. one yeah yeah that was a much more polarized audience from what i could tell from online but in mm. in england it's much more and maybe it's because of course, we have lots of problems in England, um, but you know, I don't think it's as quite um, as how to put it polarized, but not to the um, extreme end, which I think is what's happened in America, especially over the last couple of years, and mm-hmm. obviously, you know, 2017 onwards. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe it's a little bit less of a triggering thing here as it has been for American audiences, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it's been, as far as I've seen, like just universal, universally loved in, in over here in Europe. And um, obviously there are going to be a, a few people who, who just don't get it. And that's, that's fine. Uh, but just just in general, like the the mainstream media over here have loved it. Like the BBC have made it their film of the week. Right on. Empire, Empire Magazine, the biggest film magazine in the world. Uh, have claimed this dash cam week it's wow it, it's it's it, it's great but also, bloody mainstream media Whoa. i know right <laughs> they, they love us. never trust the mainstream media lies <laughs> um but but the, but the thing is people people over here are kind of rooting for us that that's how i feel they've got our corner so you know especially when it's like us against the world like you, you can always count on on uh the folks over here to just be like yeah, like these these guys are doing something different. Um, yeah. So I, I love it. I love it. And the thing is, it's designed to be polarizing as well. Yes, so we knew that it wasn't. We weren't going in this like, oh, I wonder if people will find this troublesome or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, we went in going like, we're going to make a movie that like half the audience are going to love and half the audience are going to like hate, and that and we and we have to just accept that now and be uh, wicked about it. Yeah. Um, so if exactly. anything, I'd be more more surprised that more people have like really embraced it. That's yeah, that's surprised me. Just the amount of people um loved it. And actually, in the last I would say five days, well, since since the actual cinema release, um, the the amount of people who don't like it or, or offended by it has really, really like I don't see them anymore. Um it's because we're in our social media bubbles, yeah. yeah maybe <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Uh but yeah, no, it's um it's it's exciting that um a film that is kind of designed to be polarizing is, is getting such great reviews and from that from the mainstream media i mean hey maybe over here it's just it's just people raging against the commonwealth like how dare these Britain, you know, filmmakers let it go in, guys right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. he threw all of our tea into into oh, the gosh. river uh, that wasn't so, nice. you know. <laughs> uh the, the, the cool thing though is that like Annie Hardy has like such a, or at least the character. I'm sure she's a sweet person. I haven't met her, but uh, she has such mm-hmm. a strong moral compass. Um, like mm-hmm. at, at every turn, she's like, we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta look after this woman. Something terrible is happening to her, and she really puts herself in harm's way to do the right thing, or at least to finish the job. Well, there's that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that like I said, like the Annie on screen isn't the Annie uh, in 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 real life because obviously she's not people. I've, I've seen people say. Oh, Annie is exactly like she is on screen. I promise you, she's not going around fighting demons every day. If, if that's what you think, cool. But I promise you, she's not doing that. Um, but she does but, have a really strong moral code, Annie, yeah. for sure. Like, you know, she doesn't sort of, um, you know, she really cares about people. Is my my 
experience of her and you'd know more Jed. Yeah, like she she she's the only person I know that drives around giving bags of food to homeless people. Like I don't do that. I'm not I'm not as good as Annie Hardy. But she does that. And again, she 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 cares about animals very much and um yeah, and she she does she's not uh, she doesn't vote for Trump as well. That's that's a fabrication that we. Put yeah, was in. it Kanye? She voted for. I can't remember. She, I think, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't which Trump. Is, yeah, which is probably worse to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah, but that sums her up, isn't it? It's I would totally like, believe that. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm going to do the thing that no one else is doing. Like I'm, mean, you know, that's that's her rather than you know uh, what was that quote she said? It was something like. Both both sides of the this what was it, the shitbird or something? yeah the different wings on the same shitbird or something <laughs> with politics uh, something like that yeah. yeah so she doesn't describe anything in particular yeah yeah that's that's definitely what made the the reactions at the Toronto International Film Festival so weird because it's like they really felt like they were attacking her specifically. But, yeah, yeah, but you know, I think well, we- I can't watch I can't watch Star Wars because I don't agree with Vader's uh, politics either. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand what they mean. I think it's especially um, fitting for a found footage <laughs> film too to have a character that's not that doesn't fit in that cookie cutter of the typical hero you see, or like you you support everything that they believe or everything that they're saying because found footage is supposed to be a real person. You're supposed to be following yeah. real people in the real world and how they interact with it, and that's what feels so authentic. Like you were saying about this movie because she was just filming her regular show and then something fantastical happened enough for, you know, the whole world to be watching. Yeah, horror happens to everyone. (laughs) I think that's such an interesting point, Kimmy, because it's what I found really interesting. And I I take myself in this because, you know, writing this, like I didn't know Annie and obviously she has lots, you know, not obviously, she has lots of different views to me, sure. Um, But like by making this project, like I couldn't be in, you really had to, to write it. You couldn't, judge someone else even though that that is I think we all do that now we all very like we we have to pick a side and have these like preconceived judgments and I think people have that going into seeing a person like Annie who does have these like views that which are extremely different from their own and I think what's been interesting to me is seeing how so many people have been like I wanted her to die like you know or like right right at the beginning they were like this person's got to die um and whether or not she does or not whatever you know happens on her journey I would hope that some people by the end might feel differently about that um, yeah. by spending time with her in the, with the person you wouldn't necessarily in your day-to-day life. That's the thing. If, if, if the lead was a guy, um, yeah, a, de- a, de- point. a deplorable guy with no redeeming features, people would be, okay, cool. This is like a normal film, but because it's a woman, I think people have an issue with that because it's someone who uh, doesn't really have any redeeming features when we first meet her. And it's difficult for some people to set their mindset right um, to kind of follow this this character who, yeah, she's saying some absolutely disgusting things. But I think by the end of it, it's a little bit of an insight to someone who has a different view from you. And it also teaches you, hopefully, a lesson that even though someone has a completely different view from you, they're still a person and they still can be a good person too. And they can still have value in the things they do do and say and we we live we live in our own bubbles don't we especially on social media where everyone who we follow are just people that agrees with our point of view uh because we would either block or mute or don't follow the people that don't agree with us and that's not a way to live that that's not real life because in the street you you can't just pre-select everyone you're going to kind of see what past you so that's the beauty of fan footage We're, we're putting you into a situation where this protagonist is 
completely different from 99% of the horror loving audience and we're making you sit with her for the entire time so the real horror isn't just what's happening on screen it's what's happening in your head in your head yeah, yeah. for sure oh wow that's a good point I, th- I think it would be different I think everyone's got their own line right and I think I, I it would be very different if Annie Hardy was a person who was like out there inciting racial hatred or like anything horrible like anything morally like absolutely but it's just she just has different views about subjects rather mm-hmm. than about anything like in my opinion that's my impression of her anyway yeah um and I think that's that's kind of where the, the line is for me at least um so yeah it's, it's very interesting and I, I think you're right Jed about uh, the fact that she's a woman and I think especially in horror we're kind of trained about the type of female that is allowed to be a hero in a horror film, like an, even if it's an anti-hero, they have to subscribe to a certain type of, um, you know, whether they're the, you know, the the virgin, the the geek, the 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 pure one. But if you're impure in any way, you have to be punished, and we're trained to do that. So um, it's it was definitely a challenge to try and subvert our expectations mm-hmm. there, and it, and it is uncomfortable. It's meant to be. Yeah, that's the thing with, with horror. It's not meant to be comfortable. It's not meant to f- be safe. You're meant to feel uncomfortable in your skin. You're meant to leave it thinking. And I think what Dashcam has done, I think, really well is created this interesting discourse about can a, can a person who you hate so much be the lead in a film that you love? And it, it seems to be the case. I um, It was kind of like masochistic. I, I, I uh, sat in this podcast after a screening screening of a dash cam and watched these three lovely journalists discuss dash cam in front of me and I was trying to kind of like hide down in the audience because I didn't want me to influence the things they they say but like they all they just said and honestly they said great things and they got it they got it and and I feel like it made it made me feel like justified in, in in the actions that we took in, in, in making this and obviously this film is going to be for everyone and everyone's entitled to, to, to their own opinion because it, it's it's a free world but I think if just for one instance you empathize with someone who has different points of view from you then we, we've done something interesting totally and uh, hey no matter what no matter what anybody says and no matter what they feel about the movie I think we can all agree best closing credits of 2022 I don't think anybody's gonna <laughs> top it who's did, 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 did whose idea was it to get Annie Hardy to uh to wrap the credits it's probably think, Rob's wasn't it I think we all came to that kind of conclusion I think it was kind of organic um but uh. it wasn't meant to be for like 10 odd minutes we, <laughs> the, the initial idea was for her to do the first few, to do us basically, me, me Rob, Doug and, and Gemma and herself, and then for it to, to go to, to like uh, full normal credits. Uh, so yeah, so that was, so that was um, a Rob idea to have, have it going for so long. It oh, yeah, worked so, so we had, well. We had uh, a idea to a runtime, didn't we? It's a, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the other thing that uh, we could all high five you guys for. Like, you make short to the point <laughs> movies that just like they you don't you don't waste time. You get right to it, and you only give us uh, exactly what's uh, what's needed. I'm so happy that it wasn't. I'm so happy that the, not not everybody wants to make a three and a half hour movie. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> me too. Yeah, me exactly. too. And you know what? It makes it really rewatchable because I've seen people even go to the cinema multiple times to watch it because because it's so quick and you can fit it in in between other things. And yeah, and that, that's the same with Host. It was like thoroughly rewatchable because it was only 56 minutes and this is like 72. 
we like to ask everybody. We've asked you guys this question before, too. If you could play any two movies at the drive-in, what would you play? Um, it could be movies that you'd pair with Dashcam or just movies that you've always wanted to, to watch with an audience. Now that we can finally you know, oh, you have guys live have gone. audiences again. Oh, are we gone? Oh, no, you're back again. You're back again. <laughs> Sorry, I talked over you. You dipped out and came back in. So it's, it's two, two films that we picked for a drive-in, maybe to pair with Dashcam. Um Ooh. Well, host, host, and dash cam obviously work really well together because there's some connective tissue there. But like, I, I would go for um, Night of the Comet, my favorite movie, as <sighs> you guys already know. Um, and and then maybe Blair Witch Project, just because I like. Yeah, I those are good choices. Movie. I was going to go for uh, Blair Witch. Oh gosh, uh, <laughs> Gem. Yeah, you? I was going to go for Blair Witch, and then I was trying to think of another really good like road trip horror film, but nothing's coming into my head. Mm. Um, maybe like I guess Creep is pretty fun. That's like one of my favorite um, found footage movies. If you want to go along that, I yeah. love that film. It's so good. Oh, I've got an, I've got another one. So if, if I if I discount Night of the Comet because it's too obvious, <laughs> it'll be Blair Witch Project, and then this new film that's coming out on Shudder called Deadstream. Um, have oh, yeah. you seen Deadstream? It's guys? so good. <laughs> what is it? It's a found footage film. This husband and wife team made it. Um, he, the director, but they also have the actors in it as well. And I make a cameo at the end of the movie. Do you? Do you lying? Yeah, and they're they're you know they made this because they're host fans. They what? made no Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, now I need to see it. You need to watch it, Gem. Uh, <laughs> and they're, they're two live stream movies, though. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's I love it so much because it gives you this false sense of safety because you think okay, I, I know where this is going. A little bit like dashcam. You're like, I know where this is going. And then it gets absolutely bananas towards the end. And I'm just like, yeah, this is absolutely my jam. Uh, yeah, those, those guys are going to go far. Awesome. Yeah, they're a, they're, they're a great duo, too. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, this was a, a blast, as always. I, I don't know if we should say happy spookies, but happy spookies, you know. Happy spookies. <laughs> happy spookies and a butt buffet to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag buff, buffet, yeah. Thank you again to Jed Shepard and Gemma Hurley for joining us on the show today. Dashcam is playing in select theaters right now. Might be playing at your local multiplex. Might be playing at your local cool fucking theater, right? (laughs) Go to the cool one. Yeah, all the cool theaters are playing this. Uh, Which is to say, if your theater's not playing this, it's not cool. I don't make up the rules. <laughs> you can tweet at us and let us know what you thought of Dashcam on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. You can find us in our Discord where we are most often. That is at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. If you like this episode, please consider supporting Nightmare on Film Street uh, by joining the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club at nofspodcast.com slash fiend club. This week, we're releasing a bonus episode, a drive home from the drive-in review of David Cronenberg's Crimes of the Future, also playing in your local cool movie theater. Uh, if you want to hear our full thoughts on that and all the weird fucking sex surgery, human organ evolution, plastic eating stuff that happens in that movie, you, you gotta listen to this episode. Man, the theaters are bumping this week. Yeah, I know, right? Just the weirdest movies. But until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. 
Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Thank <laughs> you.